This week, since I clearly don't know what I'm talking about, I've brought on somebody who just might. So we're going to hit that music, and then we're going to talk to him. Joining me now is Peter Lapp, who is a personal trainer and a postnatal personal trainer, help ladies get back into shape after they've had their baby, and help people like me who are just out of shape from having food babies also get back into shape. <laughs> Peter, how are you doing? Uh, Bruce, thanks very much for having me on. I'm great, mate. I'm great. That was a lovely introduction. I love that. Well, thank you. I, I pride myself on the ability to butter up my guests. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to present you in the best light I possibly could before we ruin it. I mean, before <laughs> we get your knowledge out to the people. Either way, yeah, I'm very happy with that. How's the weather in your part of the world? Because your part of the world, I, I'm guessing by your voice, your part of the world is different than my part of the world. Oh, for sure. This is Scotland. And therefore, I, I remember saying someone, because you're Pacific time, right? I'm very Pacific. I am. I can't. You can't get more Pacific than me. I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, well, there you go. So you have no. So you have something called a rainy season. Where yes. Every now and again, it rains. Yeah, we don't have a season for that. We have that year round and we have something that we call a dry season. And occasionally that falls during the summer period. That is kind of what we're looking at. So it's pitch black right now. It's about what is it? Six o'clock in the evening. It's been pitch black for about two hours. And it'll be light again tomorrow morning at around about eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And the weather will be back to being miserable. That's kind perfect. Of... <laughs> so basically the night hides the weather so you can pretend that things are nice. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, we can. We all have fireplaces. So it's all nice and cozy. That, that's, uh, that's where the whole that whole thing comes from. I'm fairly sure there's a body buried in one of our fireplaces. We can't actually use them without fear of burning the house down. But it's nice to know it's there <laughs> if we ever do want to burn the house down for the yeah, insurance. And you can sell it as a feature, right? That's true. You can hide your bodies. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of hiding the bodies, let's talk a little bit about fitness because there's nothing that makes you want to hide your body more than basically being like me, shaped like an apple with like a stick oh. to hold it with my legs. <laughs> well, we are like two guys talking in hoodies, right? Black hoodies, which hide yes. everything. Yeah. Mine is dark gray. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm, you're much more fashionable than I am, of course. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about... Let's let's jump right off, because the entire purpose of this podcast is to speak to people who sort of resemble what I do right now, which is mm -hmm. 40, 50 pounds overweight and help them get themselves started. Now, you've got this wonderful blog full of deep information, but mm -hmm. people can't read when they're hearing us. No, let's, and we definitely don't want them to leave this. No, we don't want them to leave this. Please stay. Please. I need you to stay. <laughs> we need the minutes, people. But. Getting back to the point. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So let's say, let, let's use a model similar to me. Pandemic mm -hmm. happened, gained 50 pounds because there's nothing more comforting when the world is ending than a lot of, a lot of carbs. Well, uh, in ho-hos, and that's where it's at. Sure. My God, I'm so sorry for you that that's where you went. <laughs> <laughs> you went Little Debbie's. That, that just... <laughs> I, I went cheap food, yes. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. But let's not get into that. <laughs> I brought on a personal trainer just to talk about exactly what are the right carbs for you to gain weight. <laughs> Today on French Fry World, we're joined. Ah, uh, French fries and burgers. Yes. That's... Yes. It's exactly what I said we weren't going to do. Yeah. Here we are on French fries and burgers. We've gained 50 pounds. How would you, 
how would you start this person who maybe hasn't moved in a couple of years or even worse, never really just had a sedentary lifestyle because yeah. that's where society went? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's, I mean, I always tell them, I said, I know that exercise sucks, right? For most people, exercise just bites and it's something they don't really want to do. Um, and I think that's important to acknowledge because quite a lot of the time we have this idea that exercise should be fun. And, you know, if you, if you have an activity you like, then that is the best activity for you. That's why I always start, right? So I always ask the people, what are your goals? And I always, when I start training people, I send them out like a little word document, like a little goals form. I say, okay, have you exercised before? What did you enjoy about exercise? What did you hate about exercise? And the question that usually the responses are the same. Um, as in, I used to be a member of a gym. I hated going to the gym. Uh, I never want to see a gym again. I hate doing lunges and all that sort of stuff. But people associate exercise with gyms. And people associate, instead of exercise, uh, any associating exercise with movement, they associate exercise with gyms. And therefore, ah, man, I'm going to, it's January coming up, right? We're about two weeks away from us uh, recording this. Two weeks away, January is coming up. So New Year's resolutions are kicking in. I'm going to join a gym in January, COVID permitting. And, you know, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because that's what all the gyms tell me I need to do. And I'm going to start doing doing weights. And I'll jump on a cross trainer a little bit and all that sort of stuff. Or even better, I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna get myself a program because most gyms offer those things, and the program is gonna be full of stuff I don't really want to do, and stuff that I have managed to not do before. A lot of New Year's resolutions I've kind of built around this whole sudden discovery of self discipline that has never really been been there before. Right. It's, it's very much swallowing a bitter pill. I'm going to yeah, do this. I'm exactly. going to hold yeah. myself. I'm going to will myself through this thing. Yeah. And, and that doesn't, that just doesn't work. I mean, that's a horrible way to get yourself up at six or seven o'clock in the morning. If you do it before work or, or whenever, so I always just say exercise is built based around movement. That's all you need to do is just move more. And some people, they, they'll tell me, I love a Zumba class. I hate exercise. Well, then, then don't contact me. You go, go join a Zumba class. I'm, I mean, as you can tell, this is before, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged white guy. My hips don't lie, and they also don't move. So <laughs> I can't teach you how to do Zumba. I, I can't teach you any dancing or anything like that. So then just sign up for, for a dance class. I'm more than happy for people to go. If, you, if you're only going to do that seven times a week, awesome. Why not? You don't, uh, if you don't like running because that's another one of those i mean I'm, like i said i'm in scotland and it's going to be pitch black and the weather is horrible at least until april may time so lots of people say oh, can we start training um i don't have space to train in the house can we train outside but no because we're living in scotland and you're not going to you're going to cancel on me three times a week because the weather is going to be horrible you don't want to stand outside and lord knows i don't want to stand outside because i'm not even training i'm, I'm just there with you so I just say, just start moving more from a, from a movement perspective. If you're saying I'm 40, 50 pounds overweight and I'm not in the best shape that I'd like to be, like cardiovascular, strength-wise, flexibility-wise, then just start moving more. That is, that is where you start. And then if you have a good personal trainer, they'll find out what you like. And that's what I usually do. So I, I say, 
okay, so we've discovered what you don't like. That's being a member of a gym and doing lunges and squats and all that sort of horrible stuff. So what do you like? Well, I'd always fancied kicking the crap out of something. Always fancied punching people. Well, also, let's do some boxing stuff. That's me. Yeah, that, that's me. I want, as I, as we said before recorded, I will work mm -hmm. out for like three hours at a time. A good hour chunk of that is boxing related and hitting heavy bags and yeah. speed bags and chasing my buddy around trying to punch him in his face <laughs> on principle of just wanting to punch him. Yeah. So, and that's the cardio. That's a lot of movement. And you, I don't, even though I'm exhausted, I don't recognize it as working out because it's a bunch of fun and the effort is part of that fun. And I think that's mm -hmm. a very strong key that a lot of people do miss. Oh, absolutely. And uh, exactly. And like, like you said there, if you, if you enjoy something like that, you can train for, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, and you'll be absolutely gassed at the end of it. You'll be absolutely done. But happy. But happy. And it won't feel horrible. And you got some of the aggression or the frustration or whatever out of the way. And you just, it's always fun. Let's not pretend it's not. It's always fun to beat the crap out of something. It just <laughs> kind of is. Being allowed to punch and kick stuff is amazing. Um, and There's nothing more that. satisfying. They're just, it, I, I, I can't stress it enough. I, I, I was, look, I am, I was a pacifistic kid. I was bullied. I was picked on. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to fight. I still don't know how to fight. I can't get enough working a speed bag. Yeah. My girlfriend who doesn't like to really move in any way, shape or form, mm -hmm. she enjoyed getting a bag and kicking at me though. Yeah. That might have nothing to do with exercise and have a lot more of kicking at me. I don't know, but she enjoyed it. Yeah. That's the important part. It's the, the, the idea of finding your, finding the joy in what you do. I knew a girl who danced her way down 40 pounds. Mm, yeah. She didn't take a dance class. She just, I think found videos and mm -hmm. learned these different dances and it stripped her of her weight. Yeah. Going from any sort of sedentary sort of lifestyle. And a lot of us have been for the last, I know, I, I know lots of personal trainers that haven't had a face-to-face -face client in the best part of a year. They've just done Zoom. They've just done online. So they sat like me. They sat behind a desk for 12, 14 hours a day talking to people and watching them do exercise. And at the same time, they couldn't go to the gym. And, you know, you know, it was like there's a bunch of grapes over there. So I'll just eat them in between training clients. And before you know it, you stop moving. You're still eating the same quantity. So they packed a bit of weight on. To just go back to any form of movement is fine. And when you now, if you're assuming you're completely injury free so you have no aches pains and niggles youtube is a phenomenal resource for exercise routines because there's just so much free stuff out there that you can just go i want to i want to dance i want to do uh body weight exercises i want to learn how to do xyz you go onto youtube and you just pick a random person that you don't hate too much and and, and you just subscribe to their channel and and <laughs> let's be honest most personal trainers are are iffy personalities at best. <laughs> Everybody stands a shirtless. Do go on, Mr. Personal Trainer. Tell us about iffy personalities. <laughs> oh, yes, it's exactly that. It's, it's the everybody's on YouTube with their shirtless sort of physique and all that sort of stuff, and everybody's ripped. And you know, when you're 20, 40, 50 pounds overweight or more, you don't want to look at that guy because you know you're not going to look, look like him anytime soon, or at least for a lot of people, not so much. I was going to say, it's, it's hard to, re to relate to that, especially yeah. since 
I, I oftentimes think some personal trainers undersell the amount of effort it takes to get into that shape mm -hmm. to sell the idea that you can do it too. And there's a lot of factors that go into getting a shape like that, a, a degree of commitment and work that mm -hmm. is outside of the normal person's ability to even commit to because they have a life that is not built around training. Yeah, exactly. And, and they don't have, they don't, it's difficult. Like I've been a PT for the best part of 10 plus years, mainly doing postnatal and, and, and some weight loss stuff. And at least for the last 10 years, I've mainly been doing postnatal stuff. And the amount of knowledge you build up over the course of 10 years, it's difficult to impart in a five minute video. Let me put it that way. And therefore, I can, all these guys that have been dedicating their life to keeping fit, eating well, and let's be honest, gifted. A lot of them genetically, they are just predisposed to looking a certain way and all that sort of thing. Um, I, don't, I, I always used to say the top 1% of the world always looked amazing, right? Out of 100 people, one person was always like a solid eight or something like that. There was always one pretty girl or one handsome guy in any village in the world. I mean, you live in LA and therefore you're surrounded by beautiful people. But they all care. Everybody knows that. Uh, what's the saying? A Wisconsin 9 is an LA 5 or something like that. Yes. Right. And, I remember and, once being told by a casting director that I am considered L.A. ugly. I would be handsome in other cities. It's like, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you. I'm moving. I was going to go jump off a bridge now. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> yeah, much. It's, it's a remarkably cruel thing to say. What that means on a, on a basic level is that what we have now is that all these guys have YouTube channels and all these girls have YouTube channels and Instagram accounts. And TikTok or TikToks. Stuff. Yeah. And TikTok is remarkably popular. And of course, like, I'm, I'm just an old white guy, so I don't do TikTok. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand the concept, and I don't dance. But so, so, so my point was more that the one percent of pe of beautiful people are everywhere now. Yeah. Right? And that that gives guys like myself. I mean, at best, I'm I'm an Edinburgh six. At best, I mean, in LA, I'd be living like under a bridge. I'm, I'm under a bridge somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Like like some sort of troglodyte or something like that. But it's. Um, we're all surrounded by abnormally beautiful and attractive people. And that gives us a really weird sense of what is achievable. Right? Yes. Because when you look at YouTube and you're like, okay, all these guys exercising, all these women exercising, they're all ripped. Uh, and all of them are ripped. There are so few personal trainers because we don't follow personal trainers online that look like they're not gods anymore. Because, you know, everybody's a god, and therefore the guy that doesn't have hardcore six-pack abs must be shit at his job. Otherwise, he would have hardcore six-pack abs. It's not about knowledge, it's about looks. And it's exactly like what you said. All these people, they're genetically gifted, they're very dedicated. I don't, I don't doubt that they put the time and the hours in. Um, they know how to eat, they have a lot more knowledge, and they have a lot of time that they can invest in this. Whereas most it's of their job. Gone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their full-time job, looking like a greek god is mm -hmm. literally what they do and when you're looking at the instagram post and you're looking at the youtube video you're capturing that in the in the instagram you're capturing that picture or that 30 seconds yeah, the on moment, the youtube yeah. you're you're getting the curated perfectly lit version yeah. of what their life is so you don't you don't even see that what you're seeing as perfect as it looks in real life it doesn't look that perfect to begin with but that's it's the illusion you're being fed.
Exactly. And I always like to give the example of Jeff Cavalier, who's one of the uh, athlete X. Most people know him from YouTube. He's one of the biggest fitness guys. out. And what you don't see, and he's quite open and honest about all the work he puts in. And he's a guy about our age and he's like 4% body fat year round. I mean, the guy is ripped. He has chocolate cake once a year on his birthday or uh, a carrot cake once a year on his birthday. The rest of the time he eats clean, as we call it. Now, Awesome, if you want to look like that, at least he's honest and he says, this is the level of effort you have to put in. There is not a cookie on a Saturday. I don't have birthday cake when other people have their birthdays. I allow myself a slice of carrot cake, a small slice of carrot cake once a year. Now, when you put that level of effort in, yeah, you look like that. But I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm 47. I'm not going to put that level of effort in. You have to be out of your mind. And I think most people aren't. Where I want to go is I want to be in good shape. Mm -hmm. yeah maybe once in my life i want to have abs like i've never actually seen my abs i know i have right. them in the same way i know that there's a molten core iron core to the earth like <laughs> the fact that the earth exists yeah. and functions you know it's there but i've never seen it same thing with my abs never seen them but i'd like to see roughly the area they live in sure at some point maybe i would like to have abs but i know to do that that would require a very very ridiculously strict mm -hmm. methodology of eating and a high level of working out, specifically cardio, for a long period of time to just breach this, just to breach this, yeah. breach it. And then the moment, literally the moment that I eat even resembling something normal, it's going to all go away. That's why it's, it can't, like my goal can't be to have abs because I, my body doesn't want to have abs. I'm not built to have mm -hmm. abs. It's just no. the nature of my genetics. I accept that tear as sad as it is. <laughs> yeah. But when you see somebody like that, he literally lives what I would have to do 364 days out of the year. Mm -hmm. And then on the 365th day, it's a small slice of cake. It's not even mm -hmm. an, it's not even a cheat day. It's a piece of cake. That is yeah. an insane amount of dedication. And he's honest about it, but other people do that same thing and they're not honest about it. Well, that, that's it. And then, yeah, indeed, you add the lighting and all that sort of stuff to it. And, and so to get back to your original question, right, the 30, 40, 50 pound people who want to drop that, just realize that you don't have to be as strict as Jeff is to stick to 4%. Right? And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. Again, January coming up. So in the UK, there's something called V-January, where people try being vegan for a month. Um, uh, at least a lot of people are. It's one of those fashionable things. Same as same as Movember, where they grow like a mustache and all that sort of stuff for, for charity. And this is this is similar to that. We like our packaged concepts. Yes. Oh, we love that because that way you only have to be vegan for a month, and after that you can go back to eating copious amounts of processed red meat. As long as it's processed, I'm there. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it'll have to make it yeah. easy to digest. I don't want to yeah. chew my food. Um, but as I always explain to people. Well, much like that concept of if you just not eat meat once a week, right? So instead of having uh, a meal with meat, you have vegetable chili once a week or a vegetable curry once a week. At the end of the year, you'll have had 52 meat-free days. Now, you can either suffer for an entire month of going, I'm not allowed meat, I'm not allowed meat, I'm not allowed meat, and end up with 31 days where you didn't have meat, or you can do one day a week, where you don't have meat. And at the end of the year, which is what really matters, you've got 52 days. 
where you don't have me and it's the same with training and exercise if you i mean technically speaking high intensity interval training for cardio is the best form of cardio by a country mile it beats almost everything else it's also horrible and it sucks <laughs> and it bites and nobody really likes it unless you get into that that mindset that it's that it's amazing or you do something like boxing where the boxing is kind of high intensity interval sort of stuff but you don't realize it because it's, oh, bah, bah, and i'm done yeah. I'm, I'm moving out um so busy trying to hit that face that i don't notice that i've just been running <laughs> exactly. around for three minutes exactly yeah exactly and then you get your 30 seconds or your minute rest and then you go back in for three mm -hmm. minutes and you know you, you'll end up looking like denzel denzel washington trains that way by all accounts uh, that's all he does um i've been compared to denzel before i i can see that i i mean i i, I didn't want to say you could be a stunt double or something like that <laughs> it's uh but so it's the same with training if you if you do high intensity interval training for a little while and and you don't stick at it or you do a zumba class or a dance class or something like that which by all accounts is a pretty shitty calorie burner um or you go for a long walk like you were talking earlier you go for a long power walk or something like that and you do that for uh, half an hour every single day but you can manage that every single day you'll get much better results by doing the thing you want that is maybe not the ideal form of exercise so basically more of a matter of consistency one of the things that i've I, yeah. i've believed is that any individual exercise session doesn't ultimately matter in the grand scheme of things there's yeah. you don't it doesn't really and also it, it doesn't necessarily even matter what you do what matters mm. is that you do it and you do it consistently more than yeah. anything else absolutely it's life rewards action you know that it's it, it, it's that sort of thing it's an, if you take sometimes the reward is a kick in the nuts but life rewards action if you don't move nothing is going to happen you know you sit on the couch watching netflix all day i'm not saying that's the alternative to, to exercise but if you sit on the couch watch netflix all day all you get is an obsession with stranger things or something you you don't get anything really at at the end of that and you definitely don't get any fitter uh, and also sitting and watching tv leaves a lot of space to overeat because you do it mindlessly Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have to, I mean, for myself, and again, my goal is not to be ripped, but it's just to be able to do all the things I need to do. So I need to be able to lift more than my body weight and my core needs to be relatively, relatively strong. Uh, I need to be able, I'd like to constantly when I'm 80, still be able to reach my toes when I'm doing a stretch. I need to be able to reach things off the top shelf and all that sort of stuff. And I'd like to not be in pain every day um that is pretty much my and, and a decent cardiovascular system if i can run three miles i'm quite content if i have loads of rubbish lying about the house and indeed i start to binge watch series uh, uh, several uh, episodes of or several um seasons of a particular series which is very easy to do these days um then it's very easy to have, to just grab something because my mind I will sit there and, and I'm bored and I just I, I'm not even aware of how much I'm eating at the at, at the end of that. I always say that if you're going to have stuff in the house, at least be aware when you're grabbing it. You know, uh, when when I take out the Pringles or the can of Dorito, the, the the pack of Doritos or something, I don't bring the bag out with me. 
<laughs> what I mean? Just a bowl with like. I throw some in a bowl, and you know those are my Doritos. And by the time the bowl is finished, I'm not go. I have to make a conscious decision to go back for the second bowl. Because let's be honest, even when you're watching television, getting up is a conscious decision, right? You have to. Yeah. Oh, pause now because I need to go to the toilet and I need to grab a bowl. But that then makes a decision. That's then. Um, because I'm doing this thing, I've mm -hmm. been getting involved in various uh, weight loss forums. And one of the questions that I, that I see all the time is, how, how, especially if they're trying to do anything like intermittent fasting or yeah. even indeed like a, like a fast. And usually it's like a two or three day fast. And it's like, oh my God, it's been six hours and I don't know how not to like desire to eat. Mm -hmm. And I've always given the advice that generally speaking, a craving that you have lasts about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. If you can weather the 10, 15 minutes, chances are the craving's going to go away. So I've always recommended like have a hobby, have something that is intellectually stimulating. Like I build models, I play music, mm -hmm. I have, I edit videos, I try to make picture things. I have something that I can immediately hop onto and ride out the craving because then three hours have gone by yeah. and you're not, you've not stuffed your face where when you're sitting by the TV, you're not even if you're enjoying what you're watching, you're, you're, you're not engaged in, in an Absolutely. intellectual kind of way. So it becomes very easy to give into cravings. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think you're, you're bang on. I think, you know, I always compared it to smoking when I used to, because I used to have a proper job before I became a personal trainer. I used to be a project manager and in the industry that I worked at, everybody smoked and therefore i smoked and i had to give up smoking because you know i hated smoking i really didn't like it i didn't like the taste of it but everybody knows that when you give up smoking you're gonna have the old craving here and there and one of the things and it was exactly the same everybody i spoke to said the craving lasts 10 minutes that is all you just have to make it through the 10 minutes and telling yourself that especially when you're fasting i always say for most people if they're if they're considering starting a, uh, intermittent fasting i always say just do a 16 8 split in the beginning 16 hours of not eating eight hours of eating because let's be honest that's a doddle and everybody can do it yeah actually that's kind of effectively what life used to be i think very close to that exactly exactly because yeah. it's back in our, our parents day back in the mm -hmm. 50s and 60s it wasn't this constant snack fest. The amounts of packaged snacks and the amount of convenience wasn't there. You cooked for the most part and yep. you cooked, you had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There may or may not have been a dessert, but effectively you had a time window. It might've been more of a 10 hour time window, but then you had 14 hours you weren't eating. So yeah. doing an eight hour is very much like what we just simply did period as a, society anyway yeah and and it's really is quite manageable you know you pick 11 to 7 or 10 to 6 whatever suits you i always say put focus it around your dinner time because everybody can skip breakfast for a couple of hours or at least most people i know um or they can postpone breakfast for a couple of hours so if you do that so first of all make it as easy as you can look at your life and then say this is what i can actually do starting with a two day two or three day fast from scratch is like going from zero to a hundred Right? It's a difficult yeah. thing to do. If I'm used to eating loads of stuff anytime I want, especially, to then go, 
I'm going to now deprive myself of everything that I'm going to change my life overnight to such an extreme. Unless I have somebody sitting next to me, basically just constantly hitting, smacking food out of my hand, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be brutally difficult. I need someone to, I'm, I'm old school. I need someone to fat shame me. If I were to do something like that, I need a friend to sit next to me and go, Pete, you're a massive piece of shit. Don't even eat. Pete, you're too fat. <laughs> because otherwise it, it, it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't stick with me. So yeah, don't make it too difficult. Yeah. When I, cause I do keto and intermittent fasting and my fasting window is, is six hours, but I didn't start there. And then I've done real fasts, mm-hmm. but I remember my first one. My first one was just, can I do it? Cause I've never not eaten in my life. Yeah. And I originally intended just to do two days. That first day I spent the entire day panicking. I, mm-hmm. not because I was hungry, really. I was fine my mind wasn't accepting the fact that I was fasting and I was panicking. Yeah. And then it was the second day hadn't got through the first day. Then the second day became very feasible and I did it like a 72. But again, I'm weird. I, my brain doesn't work like everybody else's. I don't mind long complex tasks. I actually mm. did CrossFit and learned how to break stuff down. Yeah. But for an average person, if you just decide one day not to eat, I just see it as setting yourself up for failure for the most part. Fasting, you have to ease into things. Now that doesn't mm. mean ease into such a gentle slope that you never actually stop being at the beginning. Yeah. But you still, you can't go from, okay, I need to get into the gym. I am going to do a powerlifting routine four days a week, followed mm-hmm. by every other day that I'm not powerlifting. I'm going to be running five miles. Okay. You're going to, you're going to try that for three days and you're going to fail. Yeah, exactly. And that is how, unfortunately, most people in January, that's how they will start. They'll start their equivalent of, of, of that approach because we're very much programmed. We're sold that, right? The health and fitness industry, let's be honest. It's completely full of charlatans and hacks and all that sort of stuff. They just want you to buy their program or they want to, buy your likes or or whatever it is ask uh, me what vegetable will take care of arm fat <laughs> exactly, i'll tell you I'll tell if you, you. Yes, buy this exactly. ebook yeah do, or download my free ebook and then i'll send you 20 emails selling you my next my my, my next thing because it's all about creating a funnel apparently um <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's funny because i've been spoken to a lot about creating funnels and it i just i i go cross-eyed and sad Yes, it, it makes me cry on the inside a little bit. You're funneled to tears. <laughs> and gyms are obviously set up for you to get a membership and never use it, right? I don't know about in the States, but in Scotland and in the UK in general, every gym has an average of four to 5,000 members. Every individual gym has an average of four to 5,000 members. And they can accommodate, accommodate maybe up to 100 people at a time. And that is not because they expect that there to be, oh, the 4,000 people won't come in at the same time. No, they expect you not to come in. I used to work for, let's say, a high-end gym, in uh, the, the, the high-end gym in Edinburgh. I won't mention the name because I don't want to like, name and shame and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I, I worked there and I, I, I printed out a report in the beginning because I thought, you know, I'm a start starting PT. Uh, I need clients and the best people to be clients are people that never use the gym, even though they pay 
uh, what is it, the equivalent of $200 a month. So I'll, I'll remind these poor people, listen, you pay 200 quid a month. How's about you come do a session with me and see if we can get you something out of your membership? I thought that was solid. Right? I thought it was a good business idea. I thought that makes sense. Um, so I went through the membership database, 4,250 people. Guess how many people have more than one visit a month out of 4,250 people? Probably under 5% of them. Yes, much, much lower than that. It is the average gym use, and this included the coffee shop and all that sort of thing, because we couldn't break it down to how many people use the gym, how many people just use the pool and all sorts of, was 0 0.8 visits per month per gym member. Wow. Now, that is low, right? Considering you're paying 200 bucks and considering... And usually it's an annual membership too. It's not just... Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, you pay up front and you have a three-month cancellation period and all that sort of stuff. So you can't even just quit when, you, when you're done using it. So you spent a lot of money. And so I, I, I emailed these people because I thought this would be clever. And of course, it wasn't clever. I was immediately called into the GM's office saying, what the hell are you doing? You're reminding all these people. And I'd asked for permission from my sports manager, but the GM was like, you reminded all these people and uh, that they have a membership that they don't use. Two things will now happen. Either these people will start using the membership, which you don't use because we can't really accommodate these people, or they'll start canceling the membership. Either way, it's bad news for the gym. <laughs> and so, so the gym industry is, is built on you signing up for a membership without using it. So they're not really incentivized to find you an easy way into, in, into gym use. So what they usually do is they set you up with an introductory meeting with a personal trainer or a coach or whatever you call them there, and they give you a little program. And they usually give you a really crappy basic little thing. So they're like, here's some easy machines. I don't need to show you how to do anything. This is what a chest press machine looks like. Here's a treadmill. And off you go. You'll get results here. Now, first of all, you won't get results, right? That is just a, but at least you'll make it to the gym so you're moving. What they don't tell you is that if you do that routine for four weeks, you need to step it up. Because it's like you said, if your slope is that gentle that you're stuck in beginner mode the whole time, you're not going to get any results. And the only way exercise works is if you make it a little bit tougher or you mix things up every three to four weeks or so. If you just keep doing the same thing, your body will adapt. Mm -hmm. People come in with... The, either, the expect, either the expectation that they'll do everything themselves and they'll go the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the, I'm going to get up at half past five, I'll get to the gym for six, smash out a great routine for an hour, I'm going to go home and get changed and I'll go to the office or work from home or wherever and I'll be set. And I don't know about you, but I don't wake up at half past five and my alarm goes at half past five, I want to kill the world and I'm definitely not going to train, right? And let alone three times a week. So I need to... So that's not happening. So those people immediately fall off. They've signed up for the gym membership. And they're like, I'm going to be at the gym for six o'clock. Those people already fall away. And they're stuck for a year. Like you said, you paid the gym membership for a year. And then you have the people that show up at the gym. They do about three weeks. It takes about three weeks to create a habit is what we always say. So if you're really into stuff and you stick at it for three weeks, then after three weeks or so, it becomes more automated. In the same way that I always said, when I still worked in an office, if I said to everybody always at four o'clock on a Friday, they're like, hey, Pete, are you coming out to the pub with us? And 
I changed in the beginning was yes of course I'm one of the boys and then after a while I started taking care of my health a little bit better and now guys I'm off to the gym first but I'll join you afterwards right and every Friday hey Pete you're coming today hey Pete you're coming and after three weeks me constantly saying no guys I'll be there after the gym the question was different the question was hey Pete are you coming after you've been to the gym right so now other people have already accepted that I have changed my routine and then all I need to do is exactly what, what you were talking about, how, how you started walking a lot and fasting and, and all that sort of stuff, is once you're in the zone, it's just what you do. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not motivation. It's not motivation-driven. It's, 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 it's routine. It's a Monday at 7 o'clock in the evening. Therefore, I'm at the gym because that's what I do on a Monday at 7 o'clock. In the same way that if I'm in a bad, if in a... In a in a not ideal state of mind or something like that with, with, with my diet, then if I walk through Tesco and I always walk past the bread aisle, well, it's Monday and I always have a croissant on a Monday evening or almond filled croissant or something like that, stuff that I don't really want to eat, but I buy it because it's a Monday or I buy some, I have a takeaway on a Friday because we have pizza on a Friday. Therefore, every Friday I have pizza, even if I don't really feel like having pizza. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the, it's the, um, once you're in the routine, it's very easy to just go with the routine. When prior to pandemic, I was, my routine was working out six days a week for about two to three hours, but yeah. it was an automatic thing. I got out of yeah. bed, I got in my car, I went to the, I went to the gym I was training at. Oftentimes before my brain was online enough not to go, like I was yeah. still, I was still half unaware of what my reality yeah. was because I just had that really vivid dream. And for some reason, my friend was really proud about getting himself killed by four ninjas <laughs> on a beach. And I'm concerned about my friend having just been murdered while going to the gym. And this isn't sorted out until I'm already, you know, going from various weights to machines to whatever that day's thing was. Yeah, so, so there isn't even... It's not about when you bump into other people and they ask you, how do you do it? When you're in that mindset, it's not motivation. It genuinely isn't. It's not like I'm going to get up tomorrow and at six o'clock in the morning, I'm going to do this and train for two feet. It's just what happens. Right? You just create that. It's the same as walking the dogs. Right? I was just saying, I've got my three dogs. If they don't get their walk every day, then come rain or shine and it rains a lot here like i said and every morning i wake up this is my my morning routine is like this half past seven my alarm goes uh, it's 10 to 8 my dogs are sitting at the door saying you're supposed to walk us now off you go so we're out pointing at their watches yeah oh well, yeah just going yeah and don't be late because by the time we get back from our walk we get a treat and therefore Right. So I have to, and it can don't make me get... poop in your shoes to make the point <laughs> exactly. i will do it i will oh, feel yeah. bad but i will do it yeah, and they won't even feel that bad. <laughs> That's like uh, I was being nice yeah. as a dog, and and it's and it's exactly that. It's it's something. Some things in life have to be done, and I think walking the dogs if you've got dogs, exercising if you've got a human body, and taking reasonable care of it. I'm not saying perfect good care, perfect care. I'm not saying eat spinach and kale for the rest of your life. I'm just saying eat like an adult human being should eat. Right, so that means eat your veggies. I'm not saying go vegan because I'm not vegan, so I'm just saying eat your vegetables. There's nothing more depressing, and we get that a lot because our, our our generation is really raised on the 
and as you see there's a lot but people come to me and say ah you know i'd like to eat healthy but i don't like vegetables and i just have to go well, i'll be five come on if your kid spoke to you like that and said ah mommy i don't want to eat the vegetables then you think oh you have to eat them as an adult if you say that that's just slightly embarrassing right so you have to you have to do certain things if you have a body you need to take care of it especially if you've got a wife and kids right the realization for me that was a really big one is that i've been married for like 14 years now 14 yeah 14 congratulations 15 yeah well we just stick at it <laughs> you know actually it's my wife that grinds it out to me <laughs> it's the back to the routine thing we've established <laughs> yes we got married we got past the three weeks yeah and now we're it's just, a routine yeah this is just what we do <laughs> and you know it's i realized that fairly early on because for the first say three or four years that we were together i was a project manager and i was working 80 90 hour weeks as standard uh even working on holidays and all this i was that guy you know we went on holiday we went to new york and then every afternoon my wife would go oh what are you doing i'm just going to clear out some emails and two hours two hours a day i would be working i just spent a lot of money going to new york it's not the cheap the cheapest place to go to and i'm sitting there working like a jackass whilst my wife is sitting in the hotel room going well i hope he finishes work soon right you know because i'm an asshole i'm i'm, I'm i was completely selfish and self-absorbed because that's what i thought i had to do and then i realized that part of being married is that i promised to take some sort of reasonable care of myself it just is it, it has to be my wife if i if i have a heart attack by the time i'm 50 and it's self-induced through stress and shitty diet and all that sort of stuff and my wife has to has to wipe my ass or because i've had a stroke or something like that by the time i'm 50 that's not fair on her right it just kind of isn't so me exercising and me eating properly and taking a bit of care of myself is not really optional because I have to be fair to those who love me and those who, who are around me, if not to myself. And I think always, you know, it always starts from a wanting to feel better for yourself. Like I said, I'm a selfish guy. I'm a middle-aged white guy, like we were saying. And the, the standard is that we have everything we'd like to keep it because we're selfish that way. And me being happy is, is one of those things, me feeling content within myself, me feeling comfortable within my body. And I don't just mean that, that from, a, from an aesthetic perspective, but I also mean that in a, I can do all the things I think my body needs to do. I'm not walking around in pain all day. Um, and because if you have injuries, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys our age have, have back pain and all that sort of stuff. As in constantly, oh, my back hurts, like, oh, my knee hurts or something like that. And if you walk around with chronic pain, sooner or later, that's going to piss you off. Even if you're aware, whether you're aware of it or not. And if you have kids or a wife, they pick up on that. Even if, I'm not saying you take out your day on them, right? You've got small dogs. It affects you. you. If, if, you're, yeah. if, you're, if just moving makes your back hurt, it, it takes a toll on the psyche. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've I've mentioned before on, on this podcast is one of the arguments against working out is I'll be sore, I'll be hurt, I'll I'll, mm. I'll be in pain. You don't you don't get and and when you talk about not being in pain, you're talking about like not having chronic back issues or whatnot. Yeah. Basically, the way I look at it with working out is you've your body hits homeostasis where you don't feel anything for maybe a two week period. You have a choice. You have two choices of pain. You've got the choice of 
the pain from not working out, which is you've got the back issues, you've got knee issues, you've got your joints are hurting in there and just moving hurts. And then you've got the, the, the pain from putting in a good workout, which is, you're still a little bit sore even, and you can have workouts where you're not that sore, but there's always going to be some degree of soreness, but it's a much more bearable, much nicer, a, a, a more pleasant degree of soreness. It's a better choice of pain. So, and also it comes with a little benefit of an endorphin rush. When you are Mm -hmm. doing physical activity, it gives you, your body releases a bit of endorphins. You feel good afterwards. So it's not just this miserable slog you got through and the reward is, Hey, great. You got through it. Go, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a nice feeling that comes at the end of it. So you, you can, you're either in a lot of pain from not moving or you're in a little bit of pain from moving and it's a choice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I have never, and this is one of those shitty sayings that we've probably all seen online. I've genuinely never had anyone who put in a, who, who did a workout come out after that workout going, I feel a lot worse than I did now, <laughs> than, than, than I did before I started the workout. Unless oh, Pete, this was terrible. I feel so yeah. much worse than I got in here. It, it, it just, it never happens. Unless you do your back in or something like that, which again, the chances of you being injured are much higher if you never exercise than they are if you do exercise. I, have, I hear a lot of people say, I don't really want to do squats or deadlifts with weights because my back might hurt. No, dude, if, if you have back problems, you need to start lifting stuff because your body needs to get used to that movement to, and build up the muscles to protect it, right? Because people think, ah, oh, but deadlifts causes, uh, deadlifting causes back injuries and all that sort of stuff. As soon as you get above 100 kilos, deadlifts cause back injuries. I know 16-year-old girls that can lift that, right? And I know 40-year-old guys that can't pick up a parcel that Amazon dropped off, and they can't pick it up from their porch without their back hurting. and that is not right. You should be able to do those things in life. Yeah. That's a matter of having the, with the lifts, certainly with the squats and the deadlifts, it's a bit about having the right person show you how to do them correctly. And, and, and then that's, that's what I always say. I said, if you can swing it, if you can afford to do it, just take one session with a PT. If you, if you're not injured, so if you don't have any rehab stuff, just pay for one session with a guy that can show you the basic stuff. Don't take the free program at the gym. You go to the gym and you find the guy or the girl that you that seems to know what they're talking about. So again, don't go for six pack abs because all that person's probably done is not eating anything for months whilst he's chugging down loads of protein powders and all that sort of stuff. If someone reaches for the protein powder, don't train with them unless you're going to be a bodybuilder. Um, but go for the person that has the knowledge. And just go, this person sounds like they're A, nice, because you need to spend an hour with them. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend an hour with an asshole. No. And so I go with someone I, I kind of get on with. And then I say, okay, can you, hey, can you show me how to really do this? And I'm not talking about powerlifting level sort of deadlift technique that takes hours and hours of training. Just show me how to lift, pick something up off the floor safely. And how, how can I then build this up? And if you do that with the right person, it will cost you. I don't know, LA, what's the average it, PT It probably rate? costs 60? anywhere from 60 to to $100 an hour. But if you're talking about you're invest, you've invested in a gym membership, yeah. 
you're going, you want to do these exercises, mm -hmm. spending the hundred dollars just to get the form correct so that, you know, it's a no brainer, right? Yeah. And oftentimes if you're in the gym and if somebody has spent an hour with you, if they, they may at some point just pop over and throw a tip at you from time to time, yeah. just to keep you on, just to keep you on track. And also maybe to hope that you'll take another class with them. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and what, what I found with, for a lot of PTs is indeed once you've built, they like personal trainers in gyms, especially they like relationships. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse as a PT in a gym to stand there in your shiny new uniform and no one says a word to you. It's, it's horrible. You stand in the corner going, I have a lot of, I've finished PT school. I have a lot of knowledge that I want to give to people and nobody even says hi to you. It's horrible. Just if you talk to people and you, you, you give, say, give me a session, show me how it's done. They'll talk to you forever. Not just in the hope, you know, being a PT is a boring existence in the gym because you're there for 10, 12 hours a day. You train maybe six to seven people. So you've got five hours of nothing to do. Five hours of standing there and the choice is cleaning a treadmill or client engagement. <laughs> right? I do both of these things. Client engagement gets you kudos from your gym manager. Either that or he's going to come up to you with a mop and a bucket and go clean the treadmills or clean the bikes or whatever. The PTs want to talk to you and give you tips. So it is, it is in your best interest to it. The very, even if you're not going to take the class, I guess, to approach one of the people and go like, Hey, really quick. I can, can I ask you a question for five minutes? Cause I, you're genuinely doing them a favor because they don't want to stand there and do nothing. Cause gym managers, generally speaking, just want them to constantly be selling. Now the most personal trainers don't want to be selling you anything, right? They just want to go because the nice thing is, Say, say you signed up for, for the gym, you're walking in January and you come to me and say, hey, how are you doing? I'm Bruce. I just signed up to the gym here. Can you show me how to do a squat? Because I'm told it's a dangerous exercise and my knee hurts a little bit. Okay, awesome. I'll show you how to do a squat because like I said, I'd rather be doing that than clean a treadmill or something like that. Even if they're already cleaning a treadmill, interrupt them and just say, hey, dude, can you help me out? Nobody likes cleaning stuff. If they've trained to be a PT, they don't want to be cleaning stuff they just have to do it so then you say okay and so they'll show you that and the next day you come in and all of a sudden it's hey bruce hey Pete, how you doing and how are you getting on with the squats and you build up that relationship the nice thing from a personal trainer's perspective if there are any personal trainers listening to this is that if you ever get to the stage let's say you get a promotion or you live in la you know you get cast for a role or something like that if, if you're into that sort of stuff, if you're into acting and all that sort of thing, you're like, I need to do better. I've got a couple of hundred bucks to spend. Who are you going to go to? The guy that you don't know standing in the corner or, hey, I've been talking to this guy for three months. It's a no brainer. You're going to come to me without me selling you anything, me just helping out and you doing me a favor by dragging me away from cleaning the treadmill. That makes a lot of sense. So I think for people that sign up for gyms, People that are not used to exercising that think a gym is a scary environment, right? It can be very, it, yeah, it's very foreboding, especially when you walk in, you haven't worked out and you feel bad about your body because there's a, a, a wide range of bodies in there, but there are some really nice ones and you see yeah. those people. And I, I think there's a, there's a unrealistic thought in a lot of people's head that these people are all judging you. You walk into the gym <laughs> and every single person who doesn't have a, like, who, are, who isn't heavy, every single one of them sees you and goes, there's one of those yeah. coming in. 
And that, nothing can be further from the truth. Everybody's engaged in their own world. Yeah, and also the what you find with a lot of PTs and and and, and gym staff and even even the 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 real the the real gym bros, the guys that are there, you know, the twelve times a week. So they in the in the morning for their cardio. People like yourself who train two three hours a day or something like that. People are there all the time. Yeah, we want to help. Yeah, they are genuinely the nicest people. And even if they're arseholes about it, even if they're complete douches, they want to show you what they know. Right? So even if you go up to the most ripped guy, unless he's in the middle of a set, right? If you if you're just standing there checking his phone and you come up to and you're the biggest person in the world and, and you come up to that guy and say, dude, you look amazing. How do you even do that bicep curl? They will spend half an hour talking to you about bicep curls. Because they love telling you that this is how you do it. And if you squeeze this up, oh, dude, look, feel, feel that bicep. And they will talk you through all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and on the one hand, they're always in their own world. Another, because nobody, and, and I, I suffer from this as well. I think most people suffer from this. So this is, this is not a judgment, but I am much more important in my mind than I am in real life. It's not as important <laughs> as me. It's, it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, it's the, is that nobody cares. Nobody cares that much about you. In, in, other than your loved ones, nobody cares that much about you. That if, you. if you think that you walking into a building makes everybody in the room go, ooh. Or, uh. uh, uh, uh then, then you have a massive overinflated sense of self-importance. Or, or, or just that feeling of self-loathing and, and just judgment because you feel it's all in your head yeah you feel bad about how you look so you think that everybody else feels bad about how you look yeah and people people genuinely don't people genuinely don't and any and most people especially the people working out like if you see somebody on their phone on like the butt crunch machine they're probably not somebody who's going to want to talk like they're not judging you but they're going to be taking up 25 minutes on that machine Mm mm-hmm and they don't, they're not going to be helpful. But if you see some dude moving from machine to machine and he looks pr- in pretty good shape, chances are if you went up to him and it's like, hey, I'm just started, I'm a little lost. Can I ask you yeah. a question? They'll be thrilled. I I had memberships to 24-hour fitness a while ago. Mm-hmm. In it, and in our 24-hour fitness, they had, it was, you know, you had your machines, you had your free weights, you had the yeah. cardio stuff. But then there was a corner that had things like slam balls and, they, and kettlebells. And stuff, yeah. Now, Having come out of CrossFit, I know how to use a kettlebell. Actually, even mm-hmm. before CrossFit, I had a buddy who took a training class on using kettlebells, and he showed me. So I know how to mm-hmm. use a kettlebell. And oftentimes, kettlebells are wonderful unless you don't know how to use them, yeah. at which point they're highly dangerous. <laughs> they're not unless you don't know. But if you mm-hmm. don't know, you can really hurt yourself faster than anything else. Sure. And I saw this one girl who had, she had, apparently had a trainer who showed her how to use kettlebells. And she couldn't hinge her back more. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to watch because I was expecting her spleen to squirt halfway across the gym. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I'm not paying attention to anybody, but that caught my eye and I saw her yeah. and I was afraid for her back. Mm-hmm. So I went over to her and I was like, Hey, I know you don't know me. And I'm not, I I'm, I'm just approaching you to say, yeah. I, I see you using the kettlebell. I use them too. Would, would you be open to a suggestion? Just, mm-hmm. I just want to help out. And she was like, okay, sure. And I was like, I'm afraid you're going to hurt yourself here. Let me show you how to, to pick this thing up. So you yeah. don't, so you don't strain your back. 
it took something like that for me to notice. Otherwise, I'm just like going through and it's, are you in my way? Yes. Mm. Okay. I need to avoid you. Are you not in my way? Great. I can move around you. And that's the extent. And that's how everybody is. And I'm somebody who wants to help because as you can tell from how long it took me to tell that little story, I love to talk. Well, yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. I, I can talk for hours and hours and hours, especially like with kettlebells. And this is another thing that people think that gyms, especially new people to the gym, they think they're like meat markets or something. They think everybody who walks up to you, who says, hey, can I help you out with something? They're either hitting on you or they're judging you. And they're genuinely not. They, they just said, listen, I've got a bit of advice. Gyms are some of the friendliest places in the world still, I think, where, where you can walk around and genuinely everybody just kind of is. No one makes fun of the fat guy on the treadmill. That is just a rule, right? Nobody does that because the guy on the treadmill is working on himself. It is one of the few times as a bigger person that everybody around you, when you walk into a room, knows that you are working on yourself. Mm-hmm. that you are doing something about it whereas if you you know one of my clients was uh he started with me about three and a half months ago and he weighed in at around about 400 pounds the um, the scales gave up they said 401 and then they said error and i found out afterwards that scales in the uk don't go above 180k uh 180 kg which is 400 pounds so he started with me at that weight and He's now down to 336, right? And this morning he weighed in at 336. So whoop de do for him. Well done, right? He's crushing it. Again, like you said, keto, um, doing a bit of fasting every now and again and just moving. Mm-hmm. If he, he went to Five Guys, which is a burger chain over here. I'm not sure it's in the state. It's, it it's is. a burger chain. So he went there, he got the keto burger. Now you see that guy sitting at five guys as a 330 pound guy. You think that fat piece of blah, 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 or at least that's in his head. He's in a fast food restaurant. What the hell is he? How do you get that way? What's he doing there? He shouldn't be eating this stuff, right? Nobody in that moment sees that guy as someone who has dropped a tremendous amount of weight already. You know, when they say a picture says more than a thousand words, it really doesn't anymore. They, they, these are snapshots. Because if that guy walks in the gym tomorrow, everybody just goes, hey, that guy's working on himself. There isn't a more supportive environment for bigger people than than a gym environment. They're just, in my opinion, there isn't. And I don't work out of a gym, so I'm not saying that to sell anyone. <laughs> but the point being is when you're my my five listeners, whoever you are, when, if you're contemplating, I want to go to a gym, but I, but I'm afraid of being judged. You're not going to be judged. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're going to find more support there because these are the people who are focused on their health and their fitness. And they want nothing more than to see you succeed. And if somebody walks in who has that kind of journey to go, mm-hmm. when they're not in their worlds of them working out, they're thrilled to see somebody making the effort. They respect that. Yeah. They they are welcoming of that. They want to support that. You shouldn't be afraid to go into the gym. No, it, it, and that, that's that's exactly right. That is exactly right. I think I also think you know. I always say you work with experts wherever you can. This is my biggest piece of advice I ever had in my life was go to the guy who knows or go to the girl who's in the know. Gyms are full of people who know much more about weight loss much more about exercise than say random people on the internet 
um and i'm a big fan of 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 the internet and a big fan of youtube and but i can spot the bullshit in a youtube video i can spot the sales pitch a long way out in a youtube video um because i'm in the industry and therefore i can say yeah okay this sounds like it's something but it really isn't and and therefore i find that going to where people with knowledge hang out is probably more productive than randomly looking at stuff yourself making a small investment in yourself is exactly like what you say it's making a small investment in yourself spending a bit of money to either sign up to a gym and ask people that, that are in the know there or invest with somebody that knows what they're talking about will save you so much hassle and so much time in the long run because most most people that i know especially people that are trying to lose weight have wasted a lot of time trying to lose weight it's all trial and error type stuff so they'll say okay i tried atkins that didn't work for me and that's fine if it doesn't work for you. it's fine if it works for you uh, keto very popular but keto yeah. isn't for everyone no. uh intermittent fasting isn't for everyone nothing's so, for everyone no exactly yeah but these things if you sign up to a keto forum or or to a keto subreddit or something like that it is the only thing that yeah it, it's it's the, it's the entire world and i'm saying that as somebody who does keto and it works for me mm -hmm. but when you go to any particular diet form or any program you had several blogs about yeah. weight watchers versus something that's not in america but the thing was basically an all carbohydrate form. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scottish slimmers. Yeah, all all carbs are free foods. You have to find your diet, and anything that is specifically branded or that you're getting information from from a branded source is going to be very invested in that source. Yeah. So, I go to keto forums and I read the information, mm -hmm. but I take it with the grain of salt that this is the people who are deep into the Kool Aid. You can't yeah. be, even if it's the thing that works for you, you need to, you have to have your peripheral vision. You have to see, and you have to adjust for yourself. Cause what works for me will not work for you. Even if mm -hmm. the general shape of it might, yeah. you've got to find your piece of it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You have to, especially, especially when you get to the lifestyle that we are all accustomed to having now, we have to fit stuff in around our life. It is fine for me to tell you that spinach and kale is amazing, but if you will, if you hate spinach and kale, then what's the point? Right? You're never yeah. going to stick at it. So if you're like, oh, but I like different vegetables. Awesome, eat different vegetables. Who really, at the end of the day, who am I to yuck your yum, so to speak? I'm, I don't give a crap what you eat. Right? Talking I'm about branding, with... yuck your yum. <laughs> I, I, I only heard that on, on a comedy series once and it kind of stuck with me. I have no idea. It's really good. I've never heard that before, but I, um, but I have to say that I, it, it gets the point across. Yeah, it, it is. You know, there's nothing worse than you have making the best meal that you enjoy. And you sit there going, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to love this. This is my treat for the week. And someone wants in the room, walks into the room and goes, how can you eat that filth? Because immediately go, but I love this stuff. Leave me the hell alone, right? And it's the same with diet. If you say, I'm on a keto diet and I do intermittent fasting, for me to then go, oh, Bruce, you're an asshole. You should be calories in, calories out. That's me being a douche. That there is nothing else to it. That is, if it works for you, that as long as you're healthy, 
Because that's the thing about all these diets, right? Mm -hmm. If you say to me, I'm going to do slim fast and I'll only drink shakes for the rest of my life, then I would probably say, well, I can probably think of a better approach, right? Um, if you're Joe Rogan, um, you know, God forbid, uh, if you're Joe Rogan <laughs> and, and you go, uh, no, I'm going to eat elk for, the <laughs> for, the, for three months and I'll, I'm going to go carnivore diet, this is something he did, right? Oh. So, um, and, and, and he said, ah, oh, I felt, I shat myself for two weeks, his words, I shat myself for two weeks, but afterwards I felt wonderful and I feel great and the carnivore diet really works, man. I supplement with loads of stuff, so take all my vitamins from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I'm just eating elk. I'm like, yo, you feel great because you're completely empty, yo. This is this is a no-brainer. Any any sort of diet that has you crapping yourself for two full weeks is probably not a healthy diet. So I'd probably go in and say, dude, you probably need to get your vitamins from somewhere. But unless you're at either end of the extreme, um, then it's it's all good. Just whatever fits. As long as you get your nutrients in there, so you get, you know, same for vegans. Every vegan in the world, except that they have to supplement with B12. They do. Every, every vegan in the world accepts this. So they can say that being a vegan is by far healthier than being a meat eater is, which is debatable, right? But, but even they then go, but it's not ideal unless I supplement with B12. If I then hang out on vegan forums and all that sort of stuff, and, and I don't because I'm not quite crunchy enough to do that, but it's, <laughs> it's, if I'm a hangout, it's very easy to fall into the, this is the only way to live. And I will now start judging other people for not doing it that way. And, and that, I think, is always for anyone dealing with anyone trying to improve themselves. Dude, you're trying to improve yourself. Who am I to judge? Right? That, that is, you can do that any way you want. As long as you're not hurting other people, you're taking care of yourself. It's a beautiful thing to see in people. Very common sense, very practical advice. And I think that's very much sorely lacking in the fitness space because everybody packages and brands, whatever their thing is. And part of that is packaging and branding their advice of diet. And I've had that experience where I was trying to follow a particular diet that's meant to slim you down. And I'm sure if I stuck with the diet, I would have lost weight. But the problem I had with the diet is that it's lack of fat, it's lack of carbohydrates, just the way it was, but gave me no energy. I went from being able to work out for many hours to not being able to handle 30 minutes. And then I would come home and sleep all day because I simply didn't have energy or focus and I was fuzzy. And it was what you would consider a very healthy diet. It didn't work for me. It made me feel like I was going to die. So yeah. after a month of that, it was like, clearly I'm not adapting to this. Clearly my body doesn't work with this. Mm -hmm. I've heard of other people having wonderful results from it. They had the results. It's yeah. you have to give yourself the permission to figure it out. One of the other problems I find with the whole weight loss thing, and I suffer from it too. God damn it. I want to be down 40 pounds tomorrow, tomorrow, Peter, it's not happening. Why isn't happening? Your advice is shit. I'm not lost 40 pounds by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You have to let that go. You have to accept it is not a one week, two week, one month thing. Just like you didn't gain whatever your weight is over the course of two weeks. 
you're not going to lose it over the course of two weeks, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. be it insane or sane or whatnot. Yeah. You have to give yourself the permission. Okay. I'm starting here. I want to get here. It's going to take a while to go. And any individual day doesn't matter as long as you're good. Or if you've made a mistake, you recover from it. The individual day, the workout you did, the food you ate doesn't matter Mm -hmm. on that day. What matters is a consistent pattern of following whatever program you need to do and sort of gently go down the slope. Yeah. It's, it's what they say in all the, all the, uh, uh, the, uh, recovery groups. You do the best you can on any given day. That's all you need to aim for in life. And that is sound advice, not just with diet and exercise, but just going through life. Try not to be a jerk, right? Try, just try being nice to people. It doesn't always work, but you try to be the best version of yourself every single day. And if you do that in all aspects of your life, you will get the results you want every single time. And that is without fail. That is just how it works. You will... You will build better relationships. You will have a better diet. You will uh, lose a bit of weight if you have weight to lose, or you will gain weight if you have weight to gain. Uh, you will gain muscle if you have muscle to gain. You will lose fat if you have fat to lose. Improve cardiovascular fitness or whatever. You will probably function better at work if you just go in with the, I'm going to do the best I can today. That doesn't mean working 12 to 14 hours every day. It just means that today I'm going to do the best. And if you take that approach with you through your health and fitness journey, I have never come across anyone that failed if they did that. Assuming they indeed, like you said, take a personalized approach. And I just, you can't fit yourself into a box that other people fit into. We have to, I, 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 did, I had a talk with, I'm really big on the gut biome and the microbiome and all that sort of stuff. So, so the germs that live in your gut and all that sort of stuff, uh, as in, I take good care of mine and apparently it's a thing and, and all that sort of stuff. And you'll be healthier if you do that sort of thing. But a lot of that research says that we are all different and therefore what works for me can't possibly work for you. Right. It's, it might well, but chances things work for 90% of people. For 90% of people, all the advice is the same. Weight loss is calories in calories out, Right? it just, it just is. That is the law of thermodynamic supply. Now, how you manage to lose that weight is completely individualized. And for you, that is keto. And for me, that is something else. And for other people, that's intermittent fasting. And for other people, that is just to have a little bit less of everything and just whatever suits. It really doesn't matter. For one of the professors that wanted to prove it was all calories in, calories out, he did the McDonald's diet and he ate 2,000 calories of McDonald's every day for a month. And he lost weight because his base metabolic rate was 2,500 calories. So yeah, you're going to lose weight. So the basic rule applies, but how you fit into that sort of thing is completely individual. And it's like you said, it's, that's a really difficult message because it's like you said, it's all about branding and branding is all about consistent messaging, right? And the problem for me... That, and something pithy to sell. Yes. Oh yeah, you, you need a... You need a nice slogan. <laughs> Yuck your yum will 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 would would fit in that. Um, and you need a consistent message. And a consistent message is of a consistent message of do what suits you best doesn't sell. Because there's nothing to buy. 
Do you know what I mean? I, I can't sell you, do what works best for you. Because that means I'm not selling it. Because that means you have to figure out stuff out for yourself. And that means indeed like giving yourself permission to try keto for a month. And if, you, if you're like, dude, this just doesn't fit in my life, then you switch to something else. It doesn't matter. You don't have to go keto. You don't have to fast for two or three days. You don't have to do Weight Watchers or, or whatever it is. Don't buy into someone else's Kool-Aid. It's, it's, exactly, it's exactly that. And, you know, there are a lot of people on Instagram and social media. Instagram seems rife with it, but I see that more because, you know, I get sent stuff on Instagram of people that tell you, that this is the way to do it and intuitive eating is the way to go and you know or you don't need to improve yourself at all um or one person will say you have to go completely vegan the other person will say no have red meat three times a day they're all out there and they can't all be right right but they all their message is this works for everybody whereas that is clearly not correct because otherwise We'd all stick to the exact same diet, get exactly the same results, and be exactly as happy and uh, with with it as as other people would be. It'd be a wonderful fantasy world. Yeah, but then we'd all be eating spinach and kale because that's what we were told two years ago, right? Yeah, you have was... to eat spinach and kale. You need to make smoothies, and has to be kale in your smoothie. And no one could tell you really when you asked them why there had to be kale in your smoothies. Not not a single person went. Why kale instead of spinach? Because kale is horrible in a smoothie. <laughs> I mean, you live in LA. You must have tried one. Oh, God, it's, no. No, no. I, I do not do stuff like that to myself. I respect my life <laughs> far respect. more than drinking kale. Kale doesn't have much moisture to begin with. Like, I had, I had iguanas, yeah. and I fed it kale. So I know the texture of kale. <laughs> and that kind of rigidity is from a yeah. lack of moisture. It is not something that goes into a drink. From my opinion, if it worked for yeah. you, wonderful. I no, was totally not, unwilling, not you, I'm talking the general yeah, you to the people, yeah, or also directly yeah. you, but apparently from your statements, I would guess that it yeah. didn't. No, kale, kale is, there isn't a single person out there, even in the crunchiest parts of LA, in, in Orange County and all that sort of stuff, where anti-vaxxers congregate and talk about the wonders of kale, they would readily admit that it doesn't do well in a smoothie, because it doesn't <laughs> blend well, no. right? And, and... More fiber than raw twine, but it does not blend well. <laughs> exactly. And that's why kale is good for you. It's the fiber content because it's through the roof. But no one asked when we were told you need to eat more kale. No one asked why specifically kale. No one, no one asked. No, and, and by no one, I mean on Instagram, it wasn't really questioned because it was sold on Instagram. Right. It was a fad. Generally, it happened and fads just exactly. get accepted wholesale. So this is the thing we're doing. This is yeah. the thing we're doing. And that is why fat diets are such. Why you always, why I always say, just steer clear of all that stuff. If you hear something popular, I, I, I don't even know what the new thing for next year is yet. I mean, I'm sure I'll get emails from people saying, should I be trying this in the new year? And the answer is almost inevitably no. Because what's the point? Human science, science changes and science progresses, but the human diet hasn't changed that much over the last 30, 40 years. The message around diet has, we went from low Oh, fat I would say to that the human, sugar. 
I would I would argue I would push back against that and say that part of the reason we're in this big obesity epidemic is because oh, the because we, yeah. the diet has changed incredibly in the past. What we need hasn't changed in thousands of years. Yeah, but 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 what, what we eat, has. But yeah. what we so eat has yeah. absolutely begun an incredibly different direction. And that makes losing weight so difficult. Yeah, your point stands now, though that whatever is next. Whatever next year's um, cabbage soup or keto yep. or carnivore mm -hmm. or um, God, I can't even come up with a bad joke yep. for it. But whatever whatever flavor it is, will have its early adopters. Will have its generally speaking its champions. Most of which will have a financial stake in whatever the thing is. And then the, this is why. Oh yeah, exactly. This is why I always say, don't buy a diet book around Christmas. Don't buy any cookbooks around Christmas because they're all the same. They're all the next year. This is the thing that will help you lose weight. Dust off your old ones. Not like you never really use. I don't know, but if you buy diet recipe books at all, there's a the, South Beach things, sitting somewhere on the shelf. <laughs> South Beach diet. That's another one. It's beautiful. Um, any sort of cookbook is just you take two recipes from it and then you throw it in the bin. Right. But every year, personal trainers and personal trainers, first of all, they're Terrible, terrible dietitians, right? Personal trainers don't know anything about diet. Generally speaking, we are the worst and the most gullible and the most bro sciencey diet people in the world. We don't have the qualifications that a dietitian has, and we sell Herbalife and that kind of and Juice Plus and all that sort of shit. That's what personal trainers do, and that pretty much says all that you need to know about where a PT is on 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 the food advice scale. Uh, we're in, it's an incredibly hacky industry, is, is what I'm saying. It's full of people selling you stuff you don't need because you know it makes us a couple of shekels and, and it's, it's nice. But it's if personal trainers bring out a cookbook, don't buy their cookbook. I always say in the UK, we have a two Michelin star chef called Tom Carey, and the guy is phenomenal. Oh man, he, he, he runs a gastro, a two Michelin star gastro pub. So he basically does burgers and he gets two Michelin stars for the bloody things. Right. He, unfortunately, he's also 900 miles away from me, so I can't visit him. And even if I could, I can't afford 100 quid for a burger. Right? It's just not going to happen. But I'm sure it's worth it. Now, he went from being a very big guy to a much slimmer guy. And he then brought out a cookbook saying, these are the recipes I make. I buy his book. But not for weight loss. I'd buy his cookbook because he's a two Michelin star chef. In theory, they're going to be good who gave me all the recipes going, this is how you make a burger. And I'm like, this dude knows how to make a burger because he charges 100 quid for it. I'm not talking about sprinkling salt in the fancy post. I'm talking about this guy makes a proper, proper burger. And that's what I want. And they can make that keto. You remove the bun and it's a keto burger. Who gives a, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that, that's how you do it. Don't buy the books from, guy, from people that know what they're doing. So not personal trainers, not fitness coaches. Um, I know several dietitians that have books coming out about stuff that they have no experience in, exercise plans and all that sort of stuff. Just don't. Right? The dietitian do food. Chefs cook food nicely. Dietitians know about ingredients, as in what the calorific content is and what contains B12 and B6 and vitamins and minerals and all that sort of stuff. Chefs know how to make nice dishes. So cookbooks come from chefs. They don't come from dietitians, and they don't tend to come from 
personal trainers and, and any sort of health and fitness guru. Kim Kardashian can be out the cookbook tomorrow. I'm sure it'll sell millions, but I'm also sure it'll be a really shitty cookbook. Or, or she hasn't had anything to do with it. Yeah, I can't argue. And th that'd be the latter for sure. And I can't argue <laughs> that part. So all of that is very good, practical advice, very actionable. Do you have any final thoughts for my listeners as getting started, focusing? I mean, you gave a lot of good information, but do you have any mm -hmm. cappers? Yeah, so really simple. Just keep it simple. Exercise isn't complicated. Exercise isn't scary and neither is diet. Start doing the small things. Start doing the things you can do, right? That, that is always my first thing. Just do the things you can do. And for a lot of people, some of my clients have gotten... Their, their simple solution to exercising more was getting a dog. Because as long as you don't go completely mental, you walk your dog three times a day. Or at least you get an hour's walk in. With, get a small dog. Don't get yourself a husky or anything like that. Especially not if you're in California. Those things hate the heat. Yeah. And they need four hours walking a day. But get yourself a nice small dog. Get, get, get yourself a, a, a Yorkie or a Maltese or a Bichon or something like that. And those things are happy with three 20-minute walks a day, but they're delighted with an hour. So that's your hour exercise in, and it's fine if that's a saunter. That's what you can manage in the beginning. That's cool. Secondly, eat your veggies. Just, just do it. Cook your own food. Actually, if, if, if you can do anything simple, start cooking your own food. Whole foods are definitely better than any kind of prepackaged things I keep saying. Yeah. Shop around the perimeter of the supermarket. Avoid the aisles as much as possible. Yeah. If it comes in a box, generally speaking, don't get it. But like when I do yeah. keto, I don't do keto meals out of the freezer. I do steak. I do spinach. It's mm. it's out of the vegetable department. It's out of the meat department or out of the dairy department. It's never really. It's exactly right. Yeah. When you, you know, just very, very quickly, for this. when I was growing up, so a long, long time ago, one of those when I were a lad sort of deals. Back when the, um, the moon was slower in the sky. Back in the days, yeah. Before Neil Armstrong has had <laughs> polluted the moon by leaving his coffee cup on there. It's, it's, it's one of those, when you walked into any supermarket in the world, the first thing, and, and by in the world, I mean any supermarket in Holland, because that's where I grew up. Um, you walked in, the first thing you saw was the fruit and veg section. And when I studied consumer studies later on, I went to uni, did some, did consumer studies degree. They said the reason they do that is because they want you to associate the shop with freshness and the marketplace, as in going outside to the marketplace where you have tomatoes and apples and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know about you now, but when I walk into a shop now, first I walk past some aisles to get to the, the fruit and veg. And then by the time I walk out of the shop, I also need to pass several aisles of prepackaged and convenience stuff. Because we've already been conditioned that that stuff can be at the back. So 20, 30, 40 years ago, that wasn't the case. The supermarket couldn't set up the way it is set up now. And it's a really big science, customer routing. Right? So it's like you said, you get in the supermarket, have a plan. You go to the vegetable section, you go to the meat section or the deli. And you go to the dairy section or or whatever, right? Buy as little prepackaged stuff as possible. If you cook, it, it's always it always astounds me. If you 
for all your listeners, I like you to go to it's it's what Friday evening. When does this podcast come out? Usually, this Friday comes out Tuesday at noon. Tuesday at noon, right? So you're going to do your weekly shop on the Friday or the Saturday following. I'd like you all to go to the frozen pizza aisle. I'd like you all to go there, and not instead of buying a pizza, look on the back of your pizza box and look at the list of ingredients. And notice how there's potato starch in pizza instead of cheese. <laughs> a pizza should have four or five ingredients. You go to a good Italian, they they they, they, they a bit of flour, a bit of tomato sauce, and some eggs on there, and they, they put put some mozzarella on there and pepperoni and all that sort of stuff. Right. The crust is the crust is yeast, a, a touch of sugar just to get the yeast started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And flour. That's and, and that's it. So why are there 60 ingredients plus on your frozen pizza? None of them have anything to do with actual making a pizza taste nice. It's all about making the food cheaper. And the problem with all that stuff is that A, it's less healthy, but it's also much higher in calories. Right? I'm always surprised when I go out and I buy, if, if I look at, a, look at a pizza like that, and how are there 2,500 calories in a pizza? As in, I'm talking about a, a reasonably sized pizza. How are there 2,500 calories in? Because when I make it, it's six. And this really ticks me off. I can shave off at least 1,800 calories by eating a tastier pizza just by making it myself. And that's my daily. <laughs> Imagine going over on 1,800 calories every month. Uh, oh, sorry, every week. So you have a weekly pizza and 1,800 calories you're over. That is you gaining effectively one kilo, so two and a bit pounds every single month just from store-bought pizza. If you don't make your own food, you have no chance of being healthier and losing weight. It's, or at least you're making it very difficult for yourself. Um, so that's my second much more longer point than, than you were asking, for, to be honest. Um, that's what it aims for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just cut it all out. The pizza is something about making pizza. Uh, <laughs> Why was his tip just to go to the pizza aisle? That seems (laughs) counterintuitive. It seems a really strange one, yeah. And so so we have move when you can and do what you can and cook your own food. Those are the first two things I would genuinely start with. As a third, if you can swing it, and this is just if you can afford to do it, and work with someone who knows what they're talking about. And I, I get that in New York that's more expensive than it is in wyoming and you know i get that working with someone realize that someone who is fresh out of school so to speak especially when it comes to exercise and diet so they've done a degree in this stuff so i'm not talking about personal trainer six-week courses or uh nasm sort of sort of stuff that you can do within it within a three-week intensive stint but someone who's got a degree in this stuff when they're fresh out of school they are much more likely to have retained a lot of scientific knowledge than someone who's been in the business for 20 years who started to buy into various little, it has to be low carb or it has to be Herbalife or it has to be X, Y, Z. And those guys are usually cheaper as well because they're just starting out. So there's nothing wrong with working with someone who's just starting out. Like I, from, for myself, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm slightly more expensive than someone who is just starting out. So if you can't afford to work with someone who's been in, it's fine to work with someone who's cheaper. Just don't work with the 60-year-old guy who's been doing this for 40 years who still only charges 10 bucks from his garage, right? That guy probably 
unless they're doing it from the goodness of their own heart and and they want everybody to have access to stuff that guy probably doesn't really know as much as the young kid that has has a, a, a good degree so yeah work with someone who knows what they're talking about that if you can afford to do it and otherwise find reliable sources online and but treat everything you see online with the skepticism it deserves uh including everything i've just said for the past hour <laughs> remember we are all full of shit um yes fundamentally yes yes fundamentally that's the way it goes those all were very nice practical steps to give and thank you so much so peter where can people find you when they are not finding you here? That is an excellent question, Bruce. <laughs> uh, so they can, if you just want to read some blogs and all that sort of stuff, you can go to castlepersonaltraining.com. Like you were saying, there's 100 plus blogs on there, 100 plus blogs on there. And I've, I've kind of done, that is my personal training page. So if you don't live in Edinburgh, you can't train with me. It's that simple when it comes to PT. Because, you know, unless, unless of course, you are Kim Kardashian listening to this thing and you're willing to throw a bit of money my way, I'll happily come out. But, you know, I have to walk my dogs three times a day, so it's a bit of a tricky commute. If you are into postnatal exercise, something like that, healthypostnatalbody.com is where postnatal women can find me. And that is just, again, it's just my dinky little website that, we, uh, that, that I built. Um where I do some postnatal programs and give postnatal advice. And that's the only places I'm at. I'm, I'm also on, on social, but, you know, if you contact me on social, you'll never get a response because I don't really check it all that much. But if you would like to leave um, a link or two, because I will put them into the show description. Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I will, I will, send, you a, I will send you a little email with, uh, with a couple of links. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I, see, I keep forgetting to do this. I've also got my own little podcast. Uh, which is the Healthy Postnatal Body Podcast. It'd be a shame not to listen to that. Um, because, you know, if you thought I waffle on here, this is me on my best behavior. And uh, Bruce has, has, runs, a, runs a tight ship and he runs a tight operation and he knows what he's doing. I don't edit my stuff, so I just waffle to myself for half an hour. Or I have guests on and then I don't edit anything either. And then I, have, and then I waffle to myself for an hour. I, I've got a compulsion to get rid of all mouth noises, so it's just something I've got to do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well good luck with that <laughs> well thank you i need all the help i need all the luck i can get so um cool that's um that's your connections as for me i am the fittest fat kid you know and you are finding me again right here i have socials it is at fittest fat kid at instagram tiktok twitter the facebook page is also fittest fat kid if you have a question, a comment, if you have a story you would like to share with me, or if you have a question and you don't know who to ask and you didn't know Peter existed, you can ask me and you can ask me at hi there at fittestfatkid.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a like, a comment, subscribe, depending on the platform you're on. Always appreciate it. So no matter who you are, no matter where you are or what you're doing, Hold yourself accountable, but do it with kindness and understanding. And I'll talk to you next week.